Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So... We created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? It's been exhausting. I'm not going to lie. We are... We're recording late this week, and it's it's not that many days in the week went by, but it's it's been a rough week. And last week was like really, really rough. It's just been a rough, I guess, couple of months. But I, I am exhausted at this point because of work. But I feel like it's the same tune I'm I'm preaching every week. It just gets it's just getting a little bit rougher in terms of the technology at work. But um. But I understand that it's very temporary. But when you have to wake up really early to finish things and go back really late and you still got all this other stuff to do, it can make life somewhat hard. And I have to remind myself, self, you knew you were starting to practice. So just deal with what you have to deal with because you're creating the roadmap. And I completely understand that. But man, it's it's really exhausting. I'm really, really tired. And the bad thing is that, you know, Harrison, I love him to death, but you know, kids don't really understand you're tired. Like they don't, they don't understand um, at all. Like, and I do feel guilty as well because you want to come home and you want to say, you know, I'm going to do more work or catch up on work or not be get behind on work, or I'm going to stay at work later to make sure that everything is handled. And you just, you can't do that with kids. You just can't. You got to come home. You know, you got to come home. They can't feel neglected. They can't really know how busy you are. You just have to leave at four in the morning like I do <laughs> to try to catch up on work the next morning. So it's it's just been it's just been a rough time. Um, it's been a, a very rough time. This is the time in my life that I feel like, you know what? Why am I doing anything extra while I'm in this state of transition? Because the state of transition is really... Um, wearing me very, very thin and there's not enough vacations in the world that can make you not be burnt out. Like people talk about burnout and what burnout is. And I don't think I had burnout until I had this job. Now I feel like, oh, this is what burnout is. Anyway, that's that's how my week has been. Harrison is back. He was supposed to be a whole week with his dad uh, in uh, the country. Guess what? He popped back up today. A couple hours ago, 
pop back up. So the week was cut short. So Harrison's back in, in, in full fledge of things and we putting a happy face on and we're playing mommy again after a three day hiatus from the baby. Why did he come back? Cause he said it was ready. He said, I want to go home, sit on the sofa and relax. Those were his words. That, those were his words. I want to go home, sit on the sofa and relax. So when was he supposed to come back? Sunday. Yeah, he was over it. Yeah. So Janine, how's your week been? Girl, I will tell you this. I went to bed at 5.30 this morning to wake up at 6.30 to go to work. I am exhausted. I have been very supportive of all of the people that I associate with, like industry friends, I would consider them. They're doing big things. But let me tell you this. I appreciate the fact that they're doing big things, but Janine cannot come outside every time one of my friends does something because Janine is exhausted. I have a really big, really, really, really big, probably the second biggest event in my life next week. So I am have a big birthday coming up that I have not planned one single thing for. And I really just want rest. That's it. All I'm asking is that you know how the old folks be like, those of you that know the words of prayer, just pray for me. Y'all pray for me. Just pray that I don't get sick and that I make it and that everything is going to be great and that I get some rest. And yet, like my body is saying, hey, girl, you're not 20 anymore. And I'm very well aware of that. And I embrace my age. However, I'm tired, girl. I am tired. And I don't even have a kid to blame it on. I am just exhausted. Well, let me say this, you know. Sometimes you just have to say, I'm not doing this today. Like I try to do that. If I were not going out of the country next week, I would have said, screw all these people. I'm not doing it because that's what I did the last two weeks. I said, nope, I'm going to spend some time with my child. I'm going home at 530 because I have a conference call at 7 or 730. And I only have a two hour window to spend with him. Right. So I was like, screw these people. I'm not doing it. But because I know I'm not going to be accessible. And I've told them, do not call me. Do not call me. If you have an emergency, text me and I can text you back. If you don't hear from me in 10 minutes, just send a patient to the hospital. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry for being that way. So Janine, sometimes you have to say, you know what? This is the boundary I'm setting with work. Set your boundary, set a date that you're going to start your boundary and go from there. That means you got to grind, catch up, do what you need to do because you got to start fresh from that date and say, I'm taking back Janine time. I'm taking back family time. I'm taking back time with my spouse. And y'all, we really do need to do that. I'm going to set stricter boundaries to your point, but I was aware that I was going to have back-to-back very large events and personal stressors to it. Very very good personal stressors, much needed personal stressors. But all of this is happening as I'm turning a milestone. I'm having a milestone birthday. So it's it's just a lot going on all at the same time. And then I get to this point where everything is happening all at the same time and it all has to happen right now. And that's the space that I'm in right now. So I'm just trying to get through this has to happen right now phase. And as soon as I'm through this has to happen right now phase, please know y'all. I am going to be sitting somewhere next to somebody's water, enjoying, and this rat race has reminded me about how grateful I need to be about life because it's just, the older I get, the more I realize what's important and what's not important. And if I'm not enjoying myself, I'm not doing it. I do enjoy supporting my friends, but they're popping too. 
now I got to juggle what I'm going to support, who I'm going to see, what and I feel like I'm just not like I feel like I'm not doing anyone a, a, a service. I'm not supporting anyone the way that I would like to support them because it's just a lot going on. And my friends are amazing. They're amazing. They're doing amazing things. All of them are. I am at a space now where I need the support to be, hey, come to the crib and to this kickback because y'all, I'm tired. Y'all, we've been out here hustling. We are a generation of hustlers, but y'all, we need to rest too sometimes. Okay, can y'all rest so Janine can rest too, please? Thank you. So, Janine, I have just been thinking so much about our listeners because if we're exhausted, I know they're exhausted too. So how y'all been doing? What y'all been doing this past week? Y'all been sending us some great stuff. We appreciate y'all. Keep sending it. If you haven't already, make sure that you like, rate, review, subscribe, and share us with your friends, y'all. All right, Janine. So what's on our timeline this week? Okay, so Stacia and Freddie are on our timeline this week. You don't know who they are? Neither do we, but they're on our timeline. So we picked them because they are falling in love and getting hitched. Yep, they are getting married right from their prison cell. That's not actually how it happens, but they are getting married. So we first came across this concept, this idea from a t- the TikTok. Well, I mean, I'm not sure if you did, Nicole, but I started following this TikTok and the TikTok is called Pen Pals, like, you know, pen, like the state pen, Pen Pals of TikTok. And basically it's a TikTok page of inmates who are putting their like digital dating profile up on TikTok with their inmate number. And they are seeking um, people who would like to become pen pals with them. And by pen pal, yes, they're in the state penitentiary. That's the play on words, but they really mean like pen pal, like write them, chat with them, talk to them, communicate with them. And they are actively seeking people to form a relationship with, to like be friendly with, right? Now, what we have seen on the same TikTok page is that some of these be friendly relationships do actually turn into romantic relationships and subsequently marriages. So that's where we first started seeing it. But you know, Nicole and I are millennials of the older age. And to be very honest with you, we were used to, you know, pen pals, like you write, you get a letter, you get some pictures with a weird spray painted backdrop. Well, now it is making things easier for these people to connect with people on the outside. So subsequently, much like the rest of us, they are connecting via the internet with people that they love like we are. The only difference is they can't actually leave and go see these people because they are locked up. We know this has been happening for years, but it's just becoming more prominent now. So I know that all of you all have heard or come across a clip from or seen it and maybe not know what it was, but there's a show called Love After Lockdown. And this show literally highlights the lives of recently released felons and their journey to love. So to put this into perspective, they don't meet, well, most of them do not meet after they get out of lockup. They meet while they're in lockup. And then this show journeys what their life is like after they get out of lockup. So let me go back to the beginning really quickly. We have been seeing this, but this recently popped up onto our timeline and it kept popping up on our timeline over and over and over. This is what we're talking about. And she was like, oh, girl, we we just got to talk about it. So that's what we're doing. And I think in this particular situation, it stuck out for us because... Stacia and Freddie got married in what 
appears to be a courtroom, but Freddie was in a life-size cave. Like they transported what I would consider like a mobile prison unit into the courthouse and he's locked up holding on to the bars. Freddie, do you take flu wedded wife? Goes through the whole song and dance of a wedding ceremony. And just like that, in moments, they were married. I've seen informal courthouse weddings before. This just seems somehow like unnaturally cruel just because they couldn't really touch each other. They were standing across the courtroom. And like I said, he's literally in the life-size cage. So with such a significant portion of our population, and I think that the last statistic I read was like a few million people that are incarcerated, I understand that this happens, right? I'm vipins. The prisoners need love too. We get it. As a matter of fact, I even know someone personally who went to my grandparents' church who did this. She literally married an inmate and she rode out with him until he was out of his incarceration. I understand. My question is this. Do we have to get married while your partner is in prison? We can't wait until we see how they will reacclimate to society. Let me be clear. I'm not knocking anyone for getting married. I'm not, I'm not knocking them for getting married. I'm not knocking them for getting married while they're in prison. I'm not knocking the people who are marrying someone who is in prison. I'm not knocking any of that. If you know that the person is going to get out and they have a release date, or if you know that they're going to go on parole, or if you know that they're about to be on probation, why must we get married while they're in prison? And then my other question is, intimacy important to you? And what does that look like? Because there are not a lot of states that still have conjugal visits. So we're just about to have a long distance relationship where we can't talk at will and we can't be intimate. Janine, she's not about to be married to anybody that's in prison. And she's sure not about to get married to somebody that's in prison. Now, when you come out, we can have a conversation. Now, if you go in and we're married, just know there is a time limit on how long Janine is going to stay married without, you know, conjugal visit. That's it. People can do what they want. There's nothing wrong with getting married while you're in prison. All I'm saying is it's not for Janine. What you think? Can you do this? So, so for me, it's a no, right? It's like a quick and easy no, but I, I think that everybody's a little bit different. So if you are meeting somebody in prison, I think it's way different than if you're significant other goes to prison. I also think it's way different between if your significant other is a spouse legally or if this is just a boyfriend or a girlfriend, right? Like, do you have a legal obligation to them? Do you have paperwork on them? Or is this somebody that is just a boo, right? I think those are different. And so I, w- I, I will say, for me personally, it's a no, but I do know people who have dated men who have gone to jail and they've rode with them. I do know people that have met guys who were about to get out of jail, like they were introduced to the concept of a guy by a friend and then went to visit said friend in jail, right? Then they got out and then they connected and hooked up that way. And I know I have friends that have been in jail and then they got out and they're doing well and they've been married and doing fine. I have one friend in particular that met his wife while he was in jail. They dated while he was in jail. And then when he got out, 
they continued to date. And then I want to say like a year and a half later, they got married. Right. So, um, so different folks, strokes for different folks. I'm not knocking you, uh, you know, to each his own, but you got to be eyes wide open when you go into that kind of relationship. If you're dating somebody that's going to be in jail for a really, really long time, or somebody that's like in there for life, what is the benefit? I don't understand what the benefit of that is. And I do know, you know, hey, some maybe some people are allowed conjugal visits. Are they? Do they even do that anymore? I don't know. But even if they did, the rabbit is amazing. The the rose is great. Like, are you really married for a conjugal visit? Ah, you know, I, I I don't know. That's that's why I'm like, I don't know if it would be worth it if that person was never going to be able to get out and go anywhere with you, never going to experience any of the things uh, in life with you, never going to travel with you, never going to be able to hold you at nighttime, never going to be able to watch the latest movie with you, never going to be able to go to any family events with you, never going to be able to help you raise your kids, never going to be there to financially support you or pay any bills. It's given no for me. Okay, but like I say, people have different reasons for doing things. I just want people to go in eyes wide open because once you get it's it's much easier to get married than it is to get divorced. Even when people are in jail, they still have some type of rights. Okay, when it comes to that marriage. So um, I think that sometimes people might have that itch to get married. And because of that, somebody can whisper sweet nothings in their ear and make them feel like they're pretty and they, they're there all the time, right? You can talk to them whenever you want to talk to them because they got that burner phone behind closed doors and they don't have a nine to five. They don't have anything else they're juggling. So that may seem like that person that's giving you that, you know, emotional connection, that, that love, that companionship, but is it, is it real? You know, if it's real for you and you, you're like, you know, he in the jail up the street, I go visit him every week and we have our conjugal visits. If that's even a real thing, y'all, y'all let me know if that's a real thing. <laughs> but, you know, if it, it, like I say, to each his own. For me, it would be a no, a quick no. Yeah, I already told you it's a no for me. All right, Janine. So apparently, uh, Stacia is not the only person that is going through these type of jailbird dilemmas. I hate to say it like that, but either way, are you ready to... Talk through some of these letters from our listeners. Let's do it. All right. So the first letter reads, Nicole and Janine. So I'm not really sure what to do. Y'all are going to think I'm going crazy, but I fell in love with a guy who is now in jail. When I met the guy, we were at a football game. I was in, I was in line getting a hot dog. Then our eyes met. It felt like something out of a movie. He was with his boys. He was smiling and dressed casually nice in his jeans and polo style shirt. He walked over and asked if he could pay for my food. I said, no, but thanks for asking. We had some small talk while standing in line. Then he asked for my number. After the game, he texted to ask if I wanted to grab a drink. I said, no, but offered to hang out the following weekend. We did and things were great. I noticed right away that he liked to take charge, often surprising me where we, with where we were going out or just doing things like stopping by to watch the car without asking. Over about five months, things were great. Then he just literally went ghost. I would call, but the phone would go straight to voicemail. Then out of the blue, one day I received a Facebook message from him telling me, 
how much he missed and loved me. I didn't reply because I was pissed. But the next day, he told me that he had gotten arrested and he wanted me to visit him so he could explain why. I replied and told him I need an overview of why before I, uh, before I evaluate whether I'm going to come see him. He said it was because of a former issue with drug possession and intent to sell. This was strange to me because he didn't seem like a guy who did drugs. I'm so confused because I'm in love with this man and want to hear what he has to say. However, on the flip side, I'm not sure if I want to be associated with someone who is in jail or who has a record. Ladies, what would you do? Should I go see him and hear him out? What if he tells me that drugs are hidden in my house? What if he wants us to continue seeing each other? There are so many questions in my head. Please help Andronice. So Andronice, tell you this. I don't know how old you are, but there is a certain point in life. And I don't know, Nicole, if you've gotten to this point yet, but there's a certain point in life that I got to probably about two, three years ago that I'm not welcoming any unnecessary drama into my life, right? And Andronice, I would consider this unnecessary drama. You don't have any ties to this man. And while it was dreamy, and Nicole, you read it so like in tone, right? It was dreamy. It was like it was straight out of a movie. Well, guess what, girl? Most things that are too good to be true, they look too good or seem too good to be true. They really are just that, too good to be true. And we found out what the issue was, right? So like, be grateful that you dodged a bullet and you found out what the issue was, but don't circle the block on it. Why would we go back? I mean, not to belittle your feelings, because obviously he made an impact on your life, but we don't need to we don't need to do that. And you said, what if he's hit drugs in your house? And what if all of these what ifs are are concerns that you are going to have if you are with him and they're concerns that you are going to have if you consider being with him? If you are stressing about it this much right now, imagine what this feeling will be like when you're actually like with him in a relationship. Imagine what this will feel like if he goes missing again. Imagine the worry that you will have. Imagine exactly how you will feel. Feel. Think about how you feel right this, this moment and imagine how much that will be multiplied if that is your man. God gives us free will and we support your free will. But what we are, are gonna tell you is do you want to bring that unnecessary stress into your life? Do you? I don't think that's, I don't think it's worth it. What do you think, Nicole? So if you're like, I'm in love with this man and I want to hear him out because there's a possibility I could stick with him, then go ahead, girl. You don't go and visit this man, see his face and hear him out. But if you know, because you've already said you don't know if you want to be associated with somebody with a record, figure that out first. Because if you know I do not want to be with anybody who has a record, even though it could be he was in the wrong place, wrong time. You know, it could not be his drug. He's falsely accused. It could be a number of things. If you're like, record is as record does, and it doesn't matter what it is, I do not want to be associated with anybody in the system, then you know the answer to that already. And it's not to go. For me, I literally had this conversation with a friend of mine. I cannot date anybody with a record. Mm -mm. Like if you've been arrested and in jail before you were with me, I, I can't date you. Like you can be the finest thing. You can be doing real good right now. But once you tell me, hey, I have been, and I'm not talking about, 
oh, you got pulled over and you had some parking tickets that weren't paid. And so they took you to lockdown until somebody could post bond for you and you could pay your parking. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you were literally booked, you arrested, booked and charged. I can't fool with you, right? So I ain't talking about, because this is a guy in college that got arrested because he was had drunk uh, public intoxication. Okay, that's not a record. You know, that's getting arrested for some random misdemeanor overnight because you're acting stupid. Now, do I want to be associated or date somebody's acting stupid? No, but I understand that we were all young at one time and I get that. But if you were like selling drugs and kill somebody, arrested for battery, like that, I cannot have my medical license associated with you. I already know the standard. And so if you already set boundaries for yourself and you know that is beyond your boundary, then don't go. Okay, if it's not beyond your boundary and you really do love this man, then go. Now, I will preface this by saying you've only, you know, he was only with you for like five months. So is it that you love him so much you can't move on? I'm not saying that. Let me take it back because I know I do sound like skeptical saying that because I just feel like for me, you can really love somebody in five months. But is it really true being in love like the type of love that surpasses understanding. Like, you know, is it that kind of love? Was he that good to you? I'm just saying, because otherwise, could he not send messages through somebody else to tell you what was going on? Instead, you're finding out randomly from a Facebook message, like went ghost and you don't know. And now you find out from Facebook message, none of his friends and family could call you and tell you what's going on. His attorney couldn't reach out to you and say he's falsely accused. I'm helping him get out. It, it, something about the way you found out he was in jail through a Facebook message doesn't sit right with me. That is the thing that does not sit right with me because you are in jail long enough to like start, you know, reach out to people on social media. Hmm. I don't know. This It's a no for me. But like I say, you're a grown woman. You have to make your own decisions. But first things first, figure out that piece. You know, you say you don't think you want to be associated with or date somebody that's in prison or has have a record. Let's make that line in the sand concrete, you know. Are you okay with dating somebody in prison or are you not okay? Are you okay with dating somebody who has a record because maybe you'll eventually get out? Or are you not okay? Answer those questions. Do your pros and your cons list and answer those questions first because that is going to drive you to whether or not you should go and visit him and hear him out. For me, that's time, that's time you're taking out of your day to go and visit somebody, right? You got to fill out paperwork. You're going to have to go down there. I don't know how long it's going to take you to get there. You spend an hour of your day visiting him, and then you have to leave and get back to where you are. That's a big chunk of your day. So you know, do you have the time to do that? And if you're making time, is it worth it based on your standards that you need to define before you answer the question. All right, Janine. So what is your letter read? My letter says, Nicole and Janine, love your podcast. Love you both. I know I'm about to get read, but I probably need it. So here's the deal. No pun intended. I am a trauma nurse in Baltimore and I'm engaged to a very handsome, very successful man. Shortly after he proposed, he brought us a house he paid off all of my student loans and he put us in a great financial position. He has a great job with the federal government. He is a great father to our son, three, and our daughter, six months. I have zero complaints. 
making great government money, he still hustles. He was recently arrested and is facing some real time, but his lawyer said he's going to be able to get him off on a technicality. I've asked him to stop hustling, and he said he would consider it. Our wedding is in October. I love the money, and I love the peace and ease in which we live in. I don't want to be a single mom lugging our children to the state pen to talk to their father through glass on a payphone. We've been together for over 15 years, so I don't want to give it all up and walk away. Should I believe that he's actually going to stop or continue to turn a blind eye to the fact that he hustles? I need your help. Please go easy on me. Sign Tanya. Well, Tanya, you're an accomplice, honey. Like you've been you've been with this man for 15 years and you have two kids by this man. So you mean to tell me you didn't know that he was hustling? Jenny, what did you say that he did? What was his legit job? He works for the federal government. Okay, so he works for the federal government and he's a hustler. So, I mean, the question is, with his, with your job and with his job, will you be able to still pay all the bills that we having to sell the house and take the kids out of private school? Like, what, what are we doing? Like, have you actually looked at the finances to see how he can transition to make that happen? Because maybe he's looking at it and he's saying, the only way we can make stuff happen is if I'm hustling. Because you have to say things like, hey, in order to make this happen, I know we're going to have to sell the house and downgrade. We're going to have to downsize our home. The kids are probably going to have to go to another school. But I'm willing to do those things to make sure that you are here and you stay out of jail. Perhaps he needs to hear that so that he can feel comfortable transitioning out of that life. So, I, you know, I would want to have more than a conversation besides, you know, Hey, you got to get out of the game because you, you know, you get off on technicality, but you can't do this anymore. Well, take steps to make sure he really can get out of the game. And that is talking about downsizing and or making sure that both of you can afford the bills that you have on the incomes that you bring in without this side hustle. But girl, you were liking it when he had you in Gucci. You were liking it then. You can't tell me you've been with this man 15 years and you didn't know that he was doing this. Stop. Stop playing the victim. You are with him. You are side hustling with this man. You probably hear drug money in the house. You probably know where the stash is hidden now. Stop. Now all of a sudden you're giving out ultimatums. No, you have to, y'all have to come together and say, listen, we've been doing wrong all this time. We need to make a plan to transition out of this lifestyle because what I don't want to do is get arrested as an accomplice with you and our kids are going to be raised by one of our mamas and or I don't want to raise the kids by myself while you're going to jail. I don't want to do that. Look, I am with you, Nicole. There's no way that you've been with this man for all this time and you didn't know that he hustled. That's just it's just what it is. You're not convincing us of that. Tanya, we're not here to read you. I know that you said take it easy on you. So we're going to take it easy on you. But here's what I would say. If he's having a difficult time with a good government job, as you put it, if he's having a difficult time letting go of the hustling, you're sitting here believing that he's going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to hustle anymore. And that's actually what he's going to do, because if he's already been popped and his lawyer is trying to get him off on a technicality, most times when someone gets popped for a crime once, then they become more susceptible to getting popped again. You're now in the system. That's why you don't ever want to 
go into the system so that people don't look into every little thing that you do. And I'm not saying that that should be the motivation, but what I am saying is he's having a difficult time departing from this lifestyle. And because he's having a difficult, I really need you to understand that either you're going to get into this and be committed to supporting him in this lifestyle, or you're going to get bamboozled and think that he's going to change. And it's not very likely that he will, or he will be forced to change because he will either be harmed because that's a very real possibility as well, or he will be incarcerated. So let's not play this naive, innocent role. And we're not blaming you for his actions, but we are telling you it doesn't really work out the way you think it is. It never does. Haven't you seen power? No. If you haven't seen power, how about you go look at it? And I'm saying this because it always starts out as this glitzy, glamorous life where you can do anything and go anywhere and buy anything until you're doing it by yourself. You have two kids, girl. And look, you should love this man because he is the father of your children. However, I would caution you against getting married. And I say that because once you're married, y'all are going to become one. And all of the problems, all of the legal issues, all of the things that he's dealing with, also your responsibility. And while the courts can't make you testify against your spouse, if that's what you're aiming for, there are also some other issues that come along with this because when your spouse gets locked up and their legal issues, you now are responsible for a lot of stuff. And what you don't want to have happen is they come raid your house. I'm just saying you don't know what could happen if he really gets popped because he just can't let this hustling lifestyle go. To Nicole's point, you need to sit here and evaluate what it is that you want to do. Do you want to ride it out with him and take on his last name and say, if that's what you want to do, then by all means, would we suggest it? No, no, we're not suggesting that. We're suggesting that unless he is genuinely committed to letting go of this hustling lifestyle and living on the straight and narrow, girl, y'all can be boyfriend and girlfriend until you close your eyes and be with Jesus. Are we suggesting that either? No, but I think that that's the better option of the two. I agree that she should not marry him, at least not until he gets his priorities together. So if he gets his priorities together, I mean, they do have two kids together, Janine. Then I think you should marry him. But if he's still going to hustle and you guys can't come up with a plan, then I would agree. Just stay girlfriend for as long as you can. Okay, because if not, y'all all going down. All right, Janine. So what did you learn new this week? So Nicole, I searched long and hard. I was trying to find how many people get married in prison every year, right? I can't find that. But what I did come across was something very interesting, right? People who do this research, and there's I've looked at several articles, but there are a lot of people who do this research about what it's like to be either married to someone that's in prison or get married to someone that's in prison. Now, Nicole, I told you already, in my mind, this is not an option. But there's obviously a reason that people do this, right? People don't do things that don't benefit them. So I found an article, there are a ton of them, and I'm just going to share a few. So some of the pros that they mentioned are emotional support, loyalty, and commitment. Um, there are legal benefits to getting married, the same legal benefits that you have. They are, you know, when you're free, they're also the same legal benefits that you have when you're married. So things like not being forced to testify against your spouse, right? Um, rehabilitation support, social connection, personal growth, bonding, and unconditional love. Those are a few of the pros of marrying an inmate. Now, I will share this, but 
share this on our on our social media. But this is just those are the pros. Now, as I said, there are also some cons. So some of the cons are, and this one is a big one for Janine, limited physical contact, emotional stress, financial strain, social stigma, lack of freedom and flexibility, incarcerated incarceration related issues like, you know, problems with communication, no phones, letters getting lost, whatever, and even like visitation limitations, right? Risk of recidivism. Hey, y'all, that's a big one. Risk he will do it or she will do it again. Impact on your children. Personal sacrifice is, is something that we keep overlooking, but that's a big one. There are a lot of sacrifices in marriage. They're only exacerbated when your partner is incarcerated. What did you learn this week, Nicole? So a couple things. So first, you know, just looking at this story on our timeline and stuff like that, I did learn that people in prison can have Instagram, TikToks, and Twitter pages. I had no idea that that was even a thing, but apparently the rules got a little bit more relaxed in some states due to the pandemic because it's just cruel and unusual for people not to have any contact with their friends and family for that emotional and psychological support. So I I, I didn't know if that was a, a good thing or if it was a bad thing, but I, I but I learned it. The other thing that I learned is that divorce rates amongst couples where one spouse is in jail or prison for more than one year is high. You think commitment and loyalty and all that stuff like that. But let me tell you, ladies, if you go into jail, guess what? A hundred percent of y'all getting divorced. A hundred percent. Men, if you go into jail, 80% of y'all getting divorced. Okay. That's according to U.S. divorce statistics. That's crazy that the divorce rate is so high. But I guess those are people that were once not in jail who got married and then they went to jail. So I can see how it'd be harder to stay committed if you are free and you're used to your freedom than if you marry somebody while they're in jail. Like if you marry somebody while they're in jail, you know, you already know what it is. They they can't come and do anything, right? They already know what it is. But uh, but I did think, man, whew, people ain't loyal. You go to jail, they not loyal to you. Just saying. That's what I'm, I'm trying to tell the people. It's all fun and games. That's why if you find somebody that is going to be loyal to you while you do your bid, that's your person. Y'all mark my words. That is your person. All right, Janine, are you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. Ladies, regardless of the circumstance, jail or free, rich or poor, blue collar or white collar, make sure you love the person you're with for the right reasons. Love is not about material things or even proximity to each other. It's about how you feel when you talk to that person and when you spend time together. It's about the mutual respect you have for each other. It's about knowing all flaws and still choosing to love. If you're not with that person for the right reasons, it's superficial and just bleeding. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay, and show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Old That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Old That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Old That's Deep 
DBWC. Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.